Well, this evening our meditation is taken from uh, the end of uh, Romans. And uh, uh, I've put it on both sides of here. And let me get my notes out here. Uh, The text, I'll read it. Now to him who is able to strengthen, that's the ESV, uh, out of the ten versions that I checked, uh, three of them have strengthen, seven of them have um, establish. And the word evidently in the Greek means to establish more than it means to strengthen. So now to whom, to him who is able to strengthen or establish you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but now has been disclosed or revealed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all the nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Shall we pray? Our Father, thank you for this wonderful text. I thank you that it is your word that we are looking at and listening to. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will enlighten our understanding and apply it to our hearts this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, This text is one of the Apostle Paul's typically long but connected sentences. There are two ways, I think, to explore this text. The first is the juggernaut way, and the second is the PCA way. (laughs) Uh, Tonight we will take the first. Uh, The PCA way is over there on that side. You probably can't read it. I, I had it printed, a pretty big poster, but... I'm sure in the back of the uh, the audience you can't read it. It's it's this text I just read. Uh, The the PCA way is over here. The juggernaut way is here. The PCA way is over here. And I don't know if you can see the difference from there. But this is breaking it down according to the according to's. Because there are three kata in the Greek, which is according to in this short text. And uh, so if you break it down that way, it gives you three neat points. And a a, a beginning, uh, an introduction, and a conclusion. But the juggernaut way, well, let me read. Do you all know what a juggernaut is? I'll read uh, what it comes from. Uh, A juggernaut in current English usage is a literal or metaphorical force regarded as mercilessly destructive and unstoppable. Now, that's not this. It's unstoppable, but it's not mercilessly destructive. In, in fact, uh, this is a poor illustration in that sense because it is exactly the opposite. It is mercifully, gracefully redemptive. Okay? And, it, and it's a spreading thing. It just, uh, it's sort of, here again, I, I, I'm mixing my, my illustrations. Um, I, I don't mean this to be negative, but it's sort of like measles, you know. You want. <laughs> You walk into a room and they say that for what, 10 minutes? The, the, the germ is there and everybody that's in there is exposed. If somebody has measles, at least I heard that just what recently. So anyhow, it, it's a very spreading thing, but it's merciful. It, it's God's grace and mercy. Uh, so a juggernaut in, in, in current English usage is a literal or metaphorical fen- or force regarded as merciless, mercilessly destructive and unstoppable. 
The usage originated in mid-19th century as an allegorical reference to the Hindu Rat Yatra. Rat is a chariot, and Yatra is a pilgrimage. The temple car, which apocryphally was reputed to crush devotees under its wheels. The English loan word juggernaut, it came from jagannath, jagat, is the world and not is the God or Lord, the Lord of the world. Uh, the, the English loan word juggernaut is the sense of a huge wagon bearing an image of a Hindu God from the 17th century inspired by Jagannath Temple in Puri, Odisha, which is in South India, which has the Rat Yatra, the chariot procession, an annual procession of chariots carrying the statues of Jagannath and two other gods, which cannot be stopped. And the tradition, some say, it is not really proven, but some say or originally the procession was that you would throw yourself in front of this juggernaut chariot procession and it would crush you to death. You cannot stop it. It's just on a roll. And, and so moving straight from A to Z, as they say in India, Z, you would say here, from A to Z, you move right straight through the passage instead of breaking it down. That's what we'll do tonight. Now, you start with the theme. Now to him who is able to strengthen or to establish you. To him who is able to establish you. The focus is two places. To him, God, who is able, now, is this a prayer? Is this a declaration? Is this a, uh, a suggestion? Hard to say, right? Uh, this is maybe a doxology, but what is a doxology in the context text when we, you and I are involved? Because it's an address to us, to, to you and to me. Now, to him who is able... And that word able that is translated here in the ESV is really the word from which we get dynamite. In other words, it's to him who has the power. So to him who has the <clears throat> power. And this power is powerful enough to change the darkest heart of a man who is going from Jerusalem to Damascus to imprison Christians and put some of them to death, I suppose and change that person's heart absolutely. Or a 16-year-old boy in India in 1915 or 16, whenever it was, I forget the exact date, who was so upset because there was a mission school in his village and these Christians had brought the Bible and were teaching the Bible and he was a, he was a Sikh. It had a different religion. It's classified along with the Hindus. And he was a different religion and he was so upset that he burned their holy book, the Bible. He tore it up, and he and his friends after school in a bonfire burned the book. But somehow he was so tormented because his mother had told him that's a terrible thing to do. No holy books of any religion should be treated in that way. So he was miserable. His conscience was tormenting him. And that night he took his sacred bath, and he changed, put on clean clothes, white clothes, a a robe, and in his room, he, he, he prayed, he said, if there is a God, 
Because by now he didn't know if there really was or wasn't. He said, if there is a God, at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning he has not revealed himself to me, I'm going to throw myself on the railroad tracks there and be squashed by the train. And so he prayed to whatever force this was. And suddenly, instead of seeing Jagannath, instead of seeing one of the Hindu gods that he was worshipping or his mother were worshipping, that he expected would reveal if there was such a person or God, he suddenly saw a light, and the very one he had been persecuting, Jesus Christ, appeared to him in a vision. He saw him with his own eyes, like the Apostle Paul. His, my, his, his, his life was absolutely changed. He gave himself to Jesus, and he wandered the next 30 years as a monk, as a Christian monk with a Hindu type of, of robe and guard, accepted in every village, preaching the love of Jesus Christ. Thousands came to Christ through his testimony. Sadhu Sundar Singh, you can get the book and read it. It's a dramatic story. The power... To him who is able to, who is powerful enough to strengthen, well, to establish you. What's the picture that I get on that? Well, my mind's eye flashes back 45 years when I had to go and get uh, some, some of the, fellow, the boys of the children's home. And I went to the, to the town that Elner mentioned, 20 miles away. It's an hour away. And at, at that time, over jungle roads that were very bumpy and very dusty, and we had an old World War II Jeep and a trailer that we were pulling along. And uh, we got all the, the children's home supplies and that. And we had to do our shopping. And one of the things I remember was a gunny sack, or maybe it was two gunny sacks full of charcoal. And we used it for the, cooking the food for the children's home. At that time, there were only 135 kids in the home. Now there are some 300 in one branch and 125 in another branch. And... Um, so we, we put that in there, and it was a full bag. I saw it. We weighed it. And I saw it uh, being put into the trailer there. And then we put some uh, flour, whole wheat flour, that they make their chapatis, unleavened bread from, and dumped it in the trailer, absolutely full. And then we went back to the children's home, and we, along with some other supplies in there. And when we got the, the hour's drive over these bumpy roads, and we took the bags out, it was one-third empty. I said, Huh? What happened? And the, the flour was not quite that much down, but it was down. It, it had been full, right to the top. Well, you and I know, both, both of us know that the shaking, the shaking and all that, this whole thing settled down, right? It just sort of squashed down there. And where before, the bag would tip over anyway, now they're just established. <laughs> well, and so it establishes itself right down there. That's the picture I get. Well, what in the scripture flashes to my mind? Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place, talking about mysteries tonight, of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Powerful enough, right? We have the dynamite of God's Holy Spirit, who will do this for us if we do what this psalm says. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Satan's pretty powerful too, but he can't match God. And from the noisome pestilence, he shall cover thee with his feathers. And under his wings shalt thou tr trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. We, we heard this truth 
proclaimed this morning in the message, in the sermon. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. And then it goes on, because thou hast made you, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And at the end of the picture, you will be in heaven with Jesus Christ. Wow, he that dwelleth. Now to him who is able to establish you. According to my gospel, here's the first of that kataz, that, that according to. And so you go from here to there, and the force builds up. I'm reminded of a picture in the Himalayas. We're right at the foothills of the mountains, like Colorado Springs is to the Rockies. We are to the Himalayas, or Himalayas. And we ride back into the there, sometimes on evangelistic trips, sometimes on hikes and treks up to the high Himalayas. And there is one place you come around a corner, and they have, uh, in this modern age, they have taken a lot of the Ganges tributary that is just rushing and frothing and boiling down in the valley below and channeled it into a canal up above along the cliffs and then suddenly shot it down through a, a, a pipe, a huge pipe. And all this body of water under intense pressure is rushing down, oh, maybe 300 300 feet at least. And, it, and we're across uh, on this side of the cliff and that's across over there. And it's rushing down and powering a generator at the bottom. And it's just shooting out at the bottom of that generator, the, the, the sluice that goes down there. And just such force you cannot stop it. That's the picture I get too. That this force is moving us now through this to him who is able to strengthen you again. Is this a prayer? Is it a declaration? Yeah, it's all of those things. But in a sense, it's a tangent. It's not approaching the subject directly. It's sort of going to the side. It's sort of a prayer, yes. It's a declaration for sure. It's a proclamation, a revelation of truth. It's, as we will see, a mystery revealed. Okay? So... According to my gospel, we can go through this, and I did, and saw all the places in the book of Romans where gospel, 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 gospel is done. And the gospel story, well, you know it. Most of you know it. And I trust if you don't know it, you'll find it out from one of the elders or anybody who's here who knows the gospel. What does gospel mean? You, Angelion. You means good. Angelion is message. News. This is the good news. Now, what's the nature of news, bad or good? It has to be told, right? Spread. It's news that other people need or want to hear. Or would love to just catch a hold of. But this is you. This is good. You, Angelion. This is the good news that has to be broadcast. So the nature of this gospel is that of being broadcast that I was a sinner and by the substitution of Jesus Christ on the cross, his death and his resurrection that proved he was able to do it, God is able to save me if I trust my, put my faith in him for my salvation. And so this good news is, and it's given in the book of Romans too. You can find it in many places. We don't have time tonight to, to stop and look at it. 
According to my gospel, that's what I have been, the Holy Spirit revealed to me especially, says Paul. And the preaching of Jesus Christ, here it is again. This news has to be shared, preached. And I looked it up, the, the preaching in the book of Romans, and time after time after time, uh, he and we have to preach, have to share this message. That's the nature of the gospel. It's something that has to be told. And now the second according to, and we're just pushing through. See, the fourth is pushing this. Well, I have something here. What's this? That's a funnel. Now, as Paul is going to say, and here again, our time is running out. We don't have time to go through this. But in chapter 11... Uh, there is this, there are twice in this book that mystery, the word mystery is used. And mystery is really mystery. And it comes from a word that is mysterion. And you could say it, you know, mysteriously too. Mysterion. <laughs> you know, to make it sound a little more, more impressive. But it is a mystery. And the mystery in chapter 11 that the Apostle Paul refers specifically to is that in the Old Testament, the covenants, the promises, uh, the presence of Almighty God in Jerusalem was to the people of Abraham, the people of Israel. They were his people, and he worked with them. Now, if you from the outside, now they're always, they're always told to share it with others. You go through Psalms, Psalm 96 is a great one. Uh, you, you go through the Psalms, and, and, and they tell us to tell others, or, or they told them to tell others, because that's the, new, that's the, that's the, the essence of, the, of that news, is to tell others. But the idea was that they would then be so interested, like the Queen of Sheba, like the Ethiopian eunuch, that they come in to the people of God, find out what it's all about, and they also can be converted. They can become proselytes and join they are funneled into the people of God. So all of these people of, of the world have to come in through the neck of the funnel, which is Jesus Christ. And so they can only be saved, not through the law, because the law has proved powerless, says Paul in his Romans, powerless to save anybody, because all it does is show me that I can't match the law. I, I sin all the time. Woe is me. Who shall save me? Thanks be to God. He's the one who's going to do it. All right? So, Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, it comes through here. Now, I don't have a reverse funnel, but I'll just, you can suppose that it's all coming in the Old Testament, and Paul says, now in the New Testament, put it this way. Now it's coming through this, and all that force is behind it, and it's scattering to the rest of the world. Preach, 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 preach. Share. The book of Acts, that's what it's all about. The, the gospel, this glorious message, that you, the power of God. That's what we have. And so, according to the revelation of the mystery, that's the, uh, the, the mystery. Chapter 11, you read it. Kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed, revealed. Other, other translations say revealed and through the prophetic writings has been made known 
out to the rest of the world, made known to all nations, ethnic, ethnes, I think the word is, all the ethnic groups, not, they don't have to be officially nations, but they can be people groups, so all the ethnes, the different peoples of the world, go and tell them, share it. That's the tangent that has now uh, achieved the force of a command. To, according to the revelation of the mystery, now, what's a mystery? Is a riddle a mystery? Yeah. Uh, you know the riddle. Some of you can tell me. Um, what comes down? What uh, comes down the chimney down, but can't go up the chimney? No. What is it? What comes up? What goes up the chimney down, but can't come down the chimney up? Come on, tell me. You learned. I learned it when I was what? Eight years old. Tell me. Come on. What, what? Okay, some of you old timers. You, you know it. What is it? Umbrella, of course. The mystery is revealed, right? We say, oh, of course, of course. Okay, okay there, there, was a, there was a steer in uh, Holland uh, after the war, many years after the World War II. It was grazing in the, in the field, and it uh, saw a lovely patch of grass, a green grass, through the fence on the other side. It stretched its neck through, and in its munching through the grass, it picked up a, an old bomb, a hand grenade, and it swallowed it along with the grass. Now, describe that in one word. This is the mystery. Okay? This is the riddle. This is... Oh, describe that in one word. Abominable. <laughs> okay? The mystery is now revealed. Abominable. <laughs> All right. So, establish you, strengthen you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but now, out it goes to the rest of the world. Through the prophetic writings has been made known, and Jesus fulfilled the the prophetic writings. And he tells us that the prophetic writings say that all of the world will be blessed through this one who comes to Bethlehem. And all the nations are going to be blessed, he tells Abraham. Way, 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 way back there. And what did Abraham know of this mystery revealed? All he knew that it was a big mystery. He didn't have an idea how it was going to, that Jesus, you and I know it all. We have the, the, new, the Old and the New Testament. We've gone from this side to, phew, wrong way, into it. And then out, out the other side, right? We know it all. And the next mystery to be revealed is what? Here he comes. The trumpet shall sound. The dead will be raised. And we will join them with him in the air. That's the revelation. We already know it. And we look forward to it. It's not a big, big surprise. Big surprise is when? Tonight? Before I end this message, you say, man, better be quick. (laughs) Or maybe I'll go on and on until he comes, right? Well, so here it is. But now has been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all the nations according to the command of the eternal God. It's not only for then and then God died. The eternal God today commands the same thing. 
And he says, go, 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 preach, preach, good news, good news, good news. You got to do it. To bring about obedience of faith, yes. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and get peace with God. That's the promise. And then there's so much force now behind this body of water that's going to the generator that it's got to do what it's supposed to do, which is to bring the return of Jesus Christ. When every one of the ones that God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit have determined are going to respond to what you are sharing with them. That's good news. And it might be, you know, I think I've told you this years before. When I was a kid, we used to play tag, of course, but we also played chain tag. You ever played chain tag? It's fun. Uh, I'm in. And I run after you. I say, I'm not coming after you. And I run, and Susie, and she runs and runs and runs. Nope, everybody else sort of scatters and dances their little jank. Come to me, come to me. I, you know. and, and so, no, I'm after Susie. And so I go after her. I grab her. And she now grabs my hand, and we're a chain of two. And we say, hey, Billy, we're coming after you. And we run after Billy, and we get him. We're three. And we go after And finally, all 29 of them are in this big chain. The game is over. And so that's what, you know, the good news that you and I share, this one, this one tells this one, this one tells this one, and pretty soon the chain is complete and the trumpet sounds, Jesus comes back. We're all part of the picture. That's the, he could have done it all by himself. Jesus comes, he sends John the Baptist, Matthew 3, and, and Matthew come, uh, John the Baptist comes and he preaches repentance for the forgiveness of sins and he baptizes them. Jesus comes and he preaches repentance for the forgiveness of sins, chapter 4 of Matthew. The next thing he does is he calls his disciples. Come, 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 come. Read it. It's Matthew 4. Come to me. And he calls the different disciples. He marches off with them. And, he, and, and there's a, a, a synops, synopsis verse that tells what they're going to do. They go to all the villages and all the towns, preach, heal, and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Then the next chapters, intervening chapters, they're marching along after Jesus. He's doing all those things. He's healing the sick. He gives the Sermon on the Mount. He teaches, preaches. He shares the, the message of the kingdom. And then he does all these, casts out demons, even raises the dead, calls more disciples, Matthew himself, the one who's writing, calls him. Then it goes to, to chapter 9, gives that summary verse again, that it, what he's been doing. And then it says, Jesus tells them to get together there. He says, okay, guys, prayer meeting time. Uh, come down and let's pray that the Lord send workers into his harvest. He calls it a harvest. You know, this is even assuming the planting, the plowing, the planting, and all the hard work, the watering has gone on. Now we jump to the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. But God needs laborers. Jesus could have said, uh, Monday, uh, that's a visually impaired day. All the blind in Israel get healed Monday. He could have done it just like that. Tuesday is a demon possession day. But he didn't. He took them around and he said, okay, guys, you get the privilege of taking this power, this dynamite, and going out and giving this good news. Well, so they go and do it. And they come back and they report to him. And there's great rejoicing. So that's the, the mystery that has been revealed. Now, uh, let me just share very quickly. 
there was a missionary from Nepal, Nepali, Nepal, Nepalese. He and his wife, uh, he, he had been universally trained in, in Kathmandu, I suppose, in Nepal. And this was many years ago. And uh, he married a very simple, they say, they say simple. She's not simple in terms of her faith in Jesus Christ and her knowledge of, of what's what. But she's not highly educated, so they call her simple. But she's a delightful woman. Married her, they had four children. And the first three children of those four, he had heard about Grace Academy getting started. And he wanted to send these three, at least, that he could maybe afford, to send them to Grace Academy. So they came, and we were in rented houses right at the very beginning of Grace Academy, but he trusted us. I mean, look at that. He trusted us to send them all the way from Nepal, 200 miles, uh, to a three-day journey down to where we were. And when I mention to people about him, or they say, oh, you knew Bhatta? He was Nepal's beloved missionary. He had been, been a non-believer. He had been persecuted when he came to put his faith in Jesus Christ as a university student. He had been thrown into jail. When he was released, he decided that he was going to take the gospel to those who had never heard. And he did exactly that. And so we got his three kids, delightful kids, smart kids, the oldest one was a girl whose uh, testimony I shared in the class this morning. But the next one was a boy who, when his father dropped dead of a heart attack on an evangelistic mission when he was only like 45 years old, and this boy was uh, maybe 12 years old, he was so embittered that he was, God, why did you do that? God, why did you do that? He be- became a real problem in, in the boarding at, at Grace Academy. And one time I called him aside and I said, uh, God, what's the problem? And he was just started crying. He was a tough guy. He was a the soccer star. He nobody could defeat him in anything. He he was an ma- amazing fellow. And he started crying. He said, "Why did God take my my fa- Why did God take my father?" Finally, God was gracious. He dealt with this. He finished Grace Academy. Went out, went back to his uh, hometown of uh, Kathmandu, and uh, his mother was there. And he had given his life to, to Jesus, and he decided that he was going to become a missionary himself and take his father's place. Along the way, he went on a picnic with three of his kids after he had started his own mission board as a student in, in university. And he dove into the river, and he was drowned. Now the, the third one, the boy, uh, Gorob. Gorob decided that he needed to take his place. God was calling him to take his place as a missionary to the people of Nepal. And he was a good student, too. He was stuck in the boarding on a, on a one-week vacation in, uh, in the middle of the school. Well, in the, uh, October, it was. Uh, one week comes along when they have vacation. And he didn't have the time or the money to go all the way back to Nepal uh, to be with his mother. So he stayed in the boarding. He was the only one. Some teachers and I were going on a hike, a trek back into the uh, snow mountains back there. And uh, so we said, uh, Saurabh, you want to go with us? He said, yes, sir, I'd love to. And so he went along with us, and uh, we drove for a ways, and then we hiked up to this uh, from about 3,000 feet across the Ganges tributary down there. And then from there it says hike, 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 straight up to 12,000 feet to a, a valley, an alpine valley at the top there, and just the, the, the glacier peaks all around us, and on the other side of that is Tibet and China. He did a, a fine job, got up to the top there, 
And we struggled up after two days. We struggled up. I can still remember with all our packs on and just struggling up there. And this alpine meadow comes and it all opens up. And we were heading for a little shack that the, one of the teachers of Grace Academy, uh, her husband was a, was a geologist with the uh, Wadia Institute of uh, Himalayan Geology. And he had always invited me to come because he was studying glaciers. He said, in the wintertime, it's just free. There's just a, one caretaker there. You're welcome to go and just make yourself at home in that little shack. It's not much, but it's a shack, but at least you can get out of the weather. And, and if you'd like to go and be there, we said, that that's what we're going to do. So we walked along this alpine meadow uh, in the moonlight, full moon, and all on the peaks it was shining. And we got to where we saw that shack at the base of the glacier, and... Uh, this boy, uh, Saurabh, um, as soon as we, we were talking and we stood a little ways and we said, what should we do? Shall we call or something? And the door opened and here comes a guy out into the moonlight. Saurabh says, he's a Bahadur, he's one of us. Bahadur means a, a Nepali. He's a Nepali, he's one of us. And here was this Nepali, simple man, he couldn't read or write. But uh, Saurabh went up and they jabbered away in, in Nepali. And he, this guy made us at home, and we were in that shack, and we all went to sleep after devotions. And I said, uh, Saurabh, you want to take devotions tomorrow night? Yes, sir, I'd love to. So he, the next night, he shared the gospel around this little tin stove. And uh, in, that, in that shack high in the Himalayas, he shared the gospel of Jesus Christ in, in Nepali with, with this guy. We sang our songs. We went to bed, and the porter and I were on one side in our sleeping bags, two teachers on this side, and Saurabh and, and Bahadur were over in that corner. And they, it was like 10, 11 o'clock. And we'd been marching around the, the, uh, the cliffs and the, and the, uh, the snow all, all day. But they were talking there. And, and I could hear them talking. And I don't understand Nepali, but there are enough words that are common to Hindi that I could make out that, that he is witnessing and urging Bahadur to accept Jesus Christ. Well, we went to sleep. But about one o'clock in the morning, I was awakened again, and there was mumbling over in Saurabh's corner, Saurabh and Bahadur. And he was still urging Bahadur to accept Jesus Christ. And the next morning, one of the teachers said to me, did, did you hear last night what uh, Saurabh was doing? I said, yeah. I said, I heard him talking there. He says, but you know, he was still witnessing the faith of Jesus Christ. So tell the news. Preach the gospel. According to the, my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Well, sort of. Let me just share a couple sentences from a letter I got from him just uh, last week, maybe a week and a half ago. Oh, maybe I don't have time. Our time is up. But he, he shares, he, he's studying in the States now, planning to serve God. He went on a missions trip. Uh, he's going on a missions trip to England now. And I think, God willing, he plans to go back to his native country and share the gospel. The mystery. Nepal, when I was growing up, my parents were there. John Dorsey was there. Uh, Nepal was, was not a Christian nation. There, there were no Christians. When, when I was in school, they estimate there were a total of four Christians believers in all of Nepal. Now there are millions of believers. And it's spring. Wherever there are Nepalese in India, in Dehradun, there is a Nepali community that is, is worshiping with a school that meets on the seminary campus. And now more and more people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. There is a Nepali couple who came to a church, a PCA church in Baltimore, that we met 
They came here and they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because they, they found out that the Christians have vacation Bible school in the summertime. And they had their two daughters and they said, hey, it's free babysitting. So they sent them to the vacation Bible school. And they were so impressed by what their, their daughters came home with that they said after that uh, week and a half, they said, oh, I wonder if there are any more in the town of VBS. So they went looking around at other churches, sent them all summer long to, to vacation Bible schools. Before long, mom and dad had become Christians. And then grandpa and grandma came over from Nepal. They put faith in I mean, this is what God is doing to these ethnic groups. Well, the end of the story. But he has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all the nations according to, here's another kata, according to the command of the eternal. Now suddenly, it's not a tangent. It's a command, a command, command. Do it. You guys, me. The command is, I can't escape. The command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. And you look at the first opening verses of the book of Romans, and this phrase, the obedience of faith, comes there again. Now it comes back to the own. This is the surprise. It's addressed to us, all of these things. Now what? We go back to the beginning. Now to him, to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So are you going to do it? Are you going to join Saurabh? Join Gaurav, his brother? Join Siddhicha, their sister, who is in Nepal now, bright, smartest girl in our, in our school. But yet she, she wanted to go back to her home country, do medicine in her own country. She's a doctor, now doing her, her surgery, and serving her people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The command is to you, the mystery has been revealed. Now let me close with uh, what we opened with in our, if I can find it, I think I can. Well, I'll find it here in, this, in the scripture. Let me close with this. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. We didn't have time to say, to the only wise God was part of this benediction. The wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways, but yet we have been made known. Many of the, his ways have been made known to us, revealed to us the people of God. For who has known the mind of the Lord who has become his counselor, who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen.